Hi, you're listening to The Retail Perch with Shekhar Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hey, folks. Uh, welcome back to The Retail Perch. This is part two of our talk with uh, Nir Pilo, who is, of course, as you heard in the previous episode, a long history with Retalics and, and then NCR and uh, has now moved on, left the retail industry behind in some sense, and moved on to AWS, uh, where he's a product manager. And hi, Gary. Welcome back to the show. And Jake, we're looking forward to this conversation. And uh, even though Nir has left retail, moved on to AWS, I know retail remains uh, near and dear to his heart. Obviously, near and dear to Nir's heart, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right, yeah. So, uh, Nir, welcome back. Can't wait. I know we finished the last episode. You're talking about, you know, your new uh, position uh, where you moved on to AWS. So tell us a little bit more. I mean, what's... uh, when did this happen and uh, anything else you can throw out about, you know, why you made this move and what, what's exciting at AWS? It was a great journey for me in the last 20 years in, within Retalics and NCR. I met uh, great and talented people and, and great customers. And, you know, after 20 years when you work and you feel, fulfill a lot of position and learn a lot, for me, it was always in my head, you know, when I look on companies like AWS, Google, you know, the top five, the big five, and it was always exciting me and intriguing me, you know, how they lead the market, how they do things. And, you know, it was always in my heart, uh, I-, I want to try that as well. So at some point, somewhere on 2019, I decided to leave uh, NCR and join AWS. So I think everybody knows AWS, no need for explanation. Uh, I'm a program manager in in one of our solutions called AWS Jam. AWS Jam, it's a a learning platform that enables gamified and continuous skill validation, and it's leveraging hands-on experience and real-life scenario on AWS. Now, I know I said a lot of work, but let me compare it to something that is more uh, simple. Compare it to a flight simulator, right? Before you gave a 50 million aircraft to a pilot, you first measure skills uh, on a low-risk environment and provider access to a lot of scenarios that can happen in reality, right? So you validate, you know, how they work and so on. So we're saying in AWS, there is no compression algorithm to experience. At the end of the day, you have to experience, you have to feel something in order to learn it very fast. So if you are an IT manager in an organization, and you want to measure your security team, respond to real-life scenarios, you can do it with our system. You measure the strengths and weaknesses of your team to take action and learn areas you can improve. And all of the scenarios are based on real life, things that can happen. You know, for example, you are working in a 500 fortune company and you are a security engineer and you add the bridge to the system. Everybody knows security is job zero. It can actually devastate a company, right? So you want to make sure you have the best team to do it. How do you detect the leak? How do you isolate the server? How do you, you know, make sure that you stop uh, this breach? So things in that nature and more, not only security, but also DevOps and analytics. Uh, this is the things we are bringing to, to, our, to our customer. 
And for example, in reInvent, which is one of the largest cloud conference, we hosted the hands-on experience with AWS Jam. For thousands of participants, people were joining the event virtually all around the world and solving real-life scenarios. And it was very exciting to us to see, you know, that it gains popularity. We started that uh, like three or four years ago in AWS, and, and now it's taking momentum. So, so just help me clarify. So AWS Jam is a is a product hosted on on the AWS platform that people can use to simulate scenarios. Is that am I getting that right? Basically, think about it uh, like that. We are hosting what we call the Jam event. Okay. And in the Jam event, we bring typically we bring like fourteen challenges. This is fourteen real life scenarios. Okay. Like I mentioned before, in different types like security or DevOps, which are something is broken or you had some bridge in, in your environment. And in each challenge, we're also providing AWS environment provision with resources, you know, like EC2 and load balancing and VPC and People are trying to work it out to see if they can solve the challenge. Ah, beautiful. Okay, okay. And these are events that are hosted at specific times, or is it something that a company can decide, I, I want to do a jam event for my team? How does that <clears throat> work? So basically, this is a, one of the professional offer, professional services offering we have. So customer can invite jams and do it by themselves. They can host it by themselves. They can use AWS to host. And those events, and we have public events like summits and roadshows and reinvent, for example, where we host it publicly for the entire audience of AWS. Wow. I I think this is really fascinating because it just goes to show just how broadly Amazon AWS is thinking about the market and, you know, the challenges that uh, its customers face out there. Uh, you know, it's providing this kind of, of service or capability in addition, you know, to all the normal things you'd think about when you think of AWS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's a couple of things that I really like. So there's no compression algorithm for experience. I love that line. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so to be able to simulate as much of these real life challenges in, you know, as much detail as possible and putting people through that gives them this low risk environment to really learn and test their skills before they, like you say, fly the $50 million yeah. machine, right? Yeah. And it's not only test the skills, it's on also a, it's kind of a learning platform. So think about if you are a DevOps engineer or a security engineer, and now you got a challenge and you don't know what to do. On top of that, we are providing you like clues and directional clues that at the end of the day provide a solution. So even if you haven't able to solve the challenge, you learn how to do it. You learn new best practices got or it. services or feature and you bring it into your organization. Wow. Got it. This is like one of those escape rooms, Gary. You know, I don't know if you've ever yeah, been yeah, to no, an escape yeah. room, you know. So this is like a simulation escape room where you have IT and organizational challenges that you have to solve. And no, yeah. this is, I just, I never, I've never heard of this, honestly. I mean, we're extensive users of AWS at Birdseye, but I haven't heard of these Jam event. So you're a product manager for AWS Jam, but I know outside of that, when we had our chat a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about the whole innovation process, you know, how um, innovation happens. From well, a- well, and, and maybe, Sheikh, to, to sort of frame that, it would be really interesting to hear Nir's comments around, you know, coming out of a maybe more traditional environment like an NCR or, you know, a bigger company to, 
you know, what were the couple things that really struck you around how Amazon views innovation differently from other companies? And you've worked with a lot of companies over the years, right? Yeah, I can tell you it's, it's an amazing insight. And this is one, one of the things that I'm going to talk about. It's uh, the, the, the way of things that are organized. So uh, I'll give you a couple of information on that one. So obviously innovation is hard, right? You risk resources, you risk time, and you're most likely going to fail. No one likes to fail. Show me organization <laughs> that uh, there is not a lot of organization, right, that uh, actually, you know, encourage you to fail. But with the exception, obviously, that you're going to gain knowledge of that failure. And also innovation is always one of the first resources to let go in a bad days, right? So the question asks, you know, what is the formula? And this is what organizations need to ask themselves. What is the formula to at least increase the likelihood to succeed in innovation? It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to succeed in the innovation you're doing, but if there is a formula to increase that likelihood, then this is what, you know, I can, I can offer. To, and this is what AWS does. So, you know, in AWS, we have a framework four main principles that each principle has a large dependency and they cannot be separated. The main four principles are so surrounded around mechanism, architecture, culture, and organization. And, you know, let's start with mechanism. One of the things that uh, we are, you know, highly, we are lived by that and it's the customer obsession principle that we have. It's, it's one of the 14 leadership skills uh, that we have in Amazon and I will talk about it in a minute. And always when we start an idea, when we start an idea in Amazon on something new, we always start from the customer and going backward. The customer need to be in the center of uh, obviously the innovation. And we in Amazon need to in innovate in behalf of the customer. And always we ask ourselves, when we have an idea, we ask five simple questions. Who is the customer? What is the customer pain or opportunity? Is the most important customer benefit clear? How do you know what is the customer need or want? And what does the customer experience look like? Now, when I say mechanism, this is like the five questions we ask. But at the end of the day, the idea is producing an art artifact. And the artifact, we call it press release. So when I started an idea in Amazon or any idea that we have, we are being asked or proactively doing is writing a press release. And if you think about it, it's genius because you are starting with the customer and the end state, and you actually need to write a real press release based on the paragraph that shows all of those five questions. This is encourage you to do a couple of things. First of all, make sure you're starting with the customer. You're thinking outside, inside. You gain the customer experience. But also in the PRFQ, we said how the customer will feel. What will be the, what will be the experience? What is the customer quote? What did he say? And when you envision that, it's more clearly, first of all, to get, a, get an idea passed. But also, you have only one page to put all of your ideas inside. You cannot go beyond one page. Beyond so one you page. need to carefully pick your wall. Yeah. So that, is that, that, is that an iterative process of coming up and fine-tuning this press release, which probably helps clarify the whole idea execution strategy <clears throat> and informs pretty much everything else, right? And when I say it's a mechanism, when I ask, when I go, to, when I will go to organization and ask them, what is your mechanism for innovation? If someone has an idea, how can he get it from his head to the execution? 
I don't know if many organizations can help me verify that, but we are cultivating innovation. So we have the mechanism to actually, if you have an idea, okay, go ahead, write PRFQ, iterate it with your team and other teams. And when I say iterate, think about, we don't have PowerPoints. You go into a meeting and the first 30 minutes will be, everybody will be quiet and everybody will put feedback through a collaboration tool on your document. They will ask questions. They will give you a remarks on your grammar and punctuation up until this level. And I can tell you as an wow. Israeli native speaker, it was really hard to me to begin with. <laughs> I learned a lot. Right. I improved. And, but this is amazing because, you know, people are taking ownership in AWS. So uh, you won't go into a meeting and you won't get the feedback. Everybody will tell what they think or ask questions. There is no damn questions and help you improve. And at the end of the day, you can find also if your idea is good or not good, or you need to go to talk to an expert. But the fact that you iterate a lot of time before you back up in funding this idea or innovation, it just help you to increase the likelihood to get, obviously you can fail and learn more things in the, in the future, but this is the idea. So, okay, so, so the mechanism is really focused around customer obsession. And the five questions are, Who's the customer? Can you repeat what the five questions that you ask are? What is the customer pain or opportunity? If the most important customer benefit is clear, how do you know what the customer need or want or what does the customer experience looks like? And that produces the artifact, which is the press release, which then becomes kind of like the end state template of what you're driving towards, right? And yeah, then yeah, that, okay. I, I love the discipline involved and that's, you know, a one page document, that press release that distills down the, the whole idea. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, this is what, you know, if you think about, it's really hard to write. And I tell you personally, Gary, you wrote a book, so I don't think it's talking to, to your... <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hard to write, you know, taking your idea and download it in a very minimized way when you need to think about any words. So for example, in AWS, we cannot use words like amazing, enhance, things that are, doesn't really tell something. You have to use, in many cases, data to be very accurate so we're trying to move away from, you know, exploding ne sentences that doesn't Yeah, work. nebulous terms that sound nice, but really don't convey anything. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and if you do something like that in a pure FAQ, you immediately get, get a feedback on that. Wow. So, so we talked about a mechanism, and then you said there are three, four more keys, right? So the architecture, yes. culture, and the organization. So... And again, and I said that they're heavily relying on each, each, each other, and you will see. So architecture, this is the second principle that we're talking about. And the main point to emphasize on architecture is that you want to build a, a self-service software and culture with minimum gatekeepers. You want to be nimble and accessible and have fast time to market. And by building a self-service architecture, it creates innovator at the edge of the organization that can build many things by themselves. So basically you're creating like a multiplier effect. I'll give you an example from my interview. When I interviewed to AWS, I had to learn maybe one or two months before that to get ready in, 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 many, in many aspects. But one of the things I decided to do is to learn AWS platform. 
And if you know AWS platform, you know it's composed of hundreds of services. It has SQS, and SNS, and EC2, and I know that I'm giving a lot of blah, but those are services that at the end of the day compose a software. Sure. Think about that behind each of those services, there is a team that is working on those services. Those services can work independently or together to build a software. Right. Basically what I did, I built like a booking management system maybe in two days, and I can say that it's high scalable because I build a website that you can book, uh, you can book an order, it goes to the payment system, it goes to the ordering system, it goes to and send email notification and choosing queues and so on. Think about for me, I had an idea and then implement it in like one or two days. Right. So give the unleash those creativity and without gatekeepers to people that if they have an idea let them go and build right and don't put gatekeepers so basically what we are trying to do at the end of the day it's a self-service type of architecture all around that if, if you have an idea go ahead and do it. this is the basic on our so basically you're trying to remove what would be normal blockers for somebody to take an idea and execute on it. You want to empower people to go and try out their ideas and give them an environment to do that, right? Right. It, it sounds like the Amazon has structured the organization to support taking that idea to fruition fast by creating the structure to support that as opposed to all the different gates and barriers that typically exist. Right. Yeah, and I think, uh, Gary, you hit uh, the full point, but I want to touch it now. And when I say architecture, I mean more technically, but it has to be supported by the organization, right? Yeah. So let me give you an example. When people talk about DevOps, what do they talk about? They talk about development and operation working together to automate, to make fast release, right? And this is like a new thing that went up in right. the last uh, few years or more, right? What I'm saying in, uh, in AWS, and this is the team I work in, it's not only DevOps, it's product, business, development, and operation all together in the same team. So you can take fast decision. You, can, you have nimble architectures. So you can expedite your innovation very fast. You don't have gatekeepers. I need to send now an email to the marketing department or to this manager or to order this equipment. All of the decision can take fast in, in a single traded organization. And this is bringing me in the organization that most of you know our team are like what we could like to call two pizza team. And two pizza team, it means that your team is small enough and nimble enough to act quickly and take decision because at some point, if you enlarge a team, then you need project management, then you have heavy communication, right. then you have gatekeepers. And, and many times this can be reducing your innovation. So, so where does uh, the culture, what's the, what's the culture piece here? Uh, yeah. Great question. So, you know, many ask, many people ask how Amazon take decisions so quickly, uh, take decisions so quickly. So there are a couple of things to, to that. So first of all, uh, we have a kind of a decision-making anecdote in Amazon that's called one-way door and two-way door. So one way door is when you have a very impactful decision, uh, maybe it's costly, maybe it has a lot of implication. And for that, you need to bring the data and we need to show that we're doing the right thing for the customer. But normally those decisions will be heavily contemplated. And 
the other thing is the two-way door where, you know, you can take decision even if you don't have all of the data. You can iterate fast. You can go out of the door, check the market and come back if, if, if you need to iterate and so on. So many times when we talk and take decision in Amazon, you know, we say, okay, this is a two-way door decision. We can go and do it. We don't have to do paralysis analysis on any decision. And this is also mm-hmm. increased innovation at the end of the day. Because when you say two-way door decision, everybody know, okay, we're okay to take the risk and sometimes fail and learn from that. So many things like that uh, and what we call the faulting leadership skills in in AWS, we are heavily relying on. Give you an example for leadership skills and you can, and it's exposed in the internet as well. The first leadership skill is customer obsession. So for example, if you have a tiebreaker on a dilemma that you have on, or an argue, the customer obsession leadership skill always win, right? What, what is the right thing for the customer? Right. So think about this is only one principle out of 14 that help us take decisions. And it's not only on the wall. It's, you know, in, in my daily meetings on, on a day, on average, I can hear it four to 10 times using the a leadership skill. For example, hey, we need to put more bias for action in this project. We need to insist on the high standards in this project. And when you say those words, everybody understands exactly what do you mean. You don't need to explain that mm. because this is how we live by, this is how we promote it by, and this is how uh, you, you've been hired basically because when we hire someone, we always evaluate these leadership skills. And, no, that's a great and, point because, you know, when you yeah. think of the word culture, uh, Gary, in general, is you think about a common set of traditions, practices, and values, yep. right, that everybody understands and subscribes to. And that's really what makes a culture. And I guess what Nir is talking about is this culture around the leadership skills and how you evaluate an idea and, you know, how you operate it, this is kind of something common and is indoctrinated into everybody who works in this organization. Yeah. Which is- I, I, I think Amazon pays a lot more attention to culture than probably most other companies. I know. I think it's something for everybody to learn from because this is pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry I, to interrupt here, but keep going. And, and I think, uh, you know, Gary, I want to say that you did a very good job with Sterling. I'm actually following up uh, with him, I mean, uh, on innovation, and uh, he's doing an amazing job. And I actually hear your, his podcast, and I heard one of your questions. Is innovation is top bottom or bottom up, or both? And, you know, from my experience at AWS, it has to be both. As you can see, there is a lot of string correlated between the principles. You have to have a mechanism that's supported by the leadership. You have to have the culture that's supported by the leadership and everybody would do it. So it has to have top bottom. But on the other way, you need to have the people that can do and work and want to work by those leaderships. So, you know, we're hiring uh, builders and entrepreneurs and innovating and we're hiring them by the leadership skills and basically the point is you don't want to have people and let them know what to do you want to have people to let you know what to do. Right. there is kind of the bottom-up aspect and then through mechanism leash down leash the creativity unleash the creativity for them and let them do what they can do very fast so 
I know it's a lot, it's kind of a secret sauce all around, but if you think about it, there is a lot of parameters that have to work together to make it happen. It makes total sense. I mean, you want the support uh, for the culture and the organization to come from the top to the bottom so that everybody's clear that, hey, this is our organizational focus. And But you want, innovation very often comes from bottom to the top. So, so the value flows up and the support comes down, right? Yeah, it makes total yes. sense to me. Yeah, yes. no, it does. I, I think, you know, for retailers and, and others listening to this podcast, I mean, there's just invaluable information here and here that you're sharing. It, you know, I, I don't know as any company can immediately adopt everything Amazon does overnight, but, you know, starting small, like simply as you began today, you know, the artifact of writing that press release and distilling the whole idea down the one page, uh, I think that's incredibly powerful. I would love to see retailers, for example, do that with every marketing program they create or every, you know, initiative they, they look to uh, to undertake, I, I think would really be a powerful tool for them in helping really think through and distill what they're trying to do. Yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. And I think this whole concept of customer obsession being the number one leadership skill uh, that becomes kind of like a guiding light, really, as a litmus test, you know, do we, don't we uh, do something? Uh, And very often, you know, I think people slide into, can we afford, can we not afford, or is this doable, not doable, as opposed to, is this the right thing to do? And I guess what you're trying to say here is that, the focus should be on, is this right by the customer? If you can do right by the customer, everything else is, will work out, work itself out. Yeah, there's a, a great quote, and I won't have it verbatim here, from Jeff Bezos I came across some time ago now, right? But it's in a world that we all live in today, right, of constant innovation, increasingly fast technology change and, and transformation disruption. The one constant is the customer, right? right. The customer never changes. And if you maintain that as your focus, you know, which Amazon, which AWS does, it it helps distill everything else. Yeah, and I I think I've heard something similar, Gary, which is focus on the things that don't change. Right. Right. Make them the priority in your decision-making process. And then, you know, because a lot of things do change. Tech changes, you know. Well, yeah, and in today's world, nearly everything is changing. The one constant is that, that customer. That is, that is yeah. Yeah, I think Gary, you 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 spoke, you know, you you hitted on that. When what I like to say, and uh, this is what I heard as well, is that what is not going to change in the next twenty years? Not only right. the customer, right? The customer want the lowest price, the biggest assortment, and the most amazing experience. Correct. This yep. is not going to change ever, right? So That's if right. you focus on those, most likely you're yes. going to win. Yeah, and I think, uh, Gary, frankly, not just retail organizations, any, I think any solution provider oh, or a startup in the retail space absolutely. You know, can absolutely adopt what you talked about. So, yeah. I, I mean, this has been a fantastic conversation here, Nir. I mean, we appreciate you sharing. I have a desk here with a dry erase board as my desktop, and it's filled with notes <laughs> that I have to take a picture on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I really appreciate your time. And we took a, a better part of an hour from your day. Uh, and it's been an amazing conversation. 
Uh, any closing thoughts, Nir, before you we get off of this uh, podcast? Yeah, definitely. I personally learn learn a lot, and you know we are always learning as a, as a human beings. And I'm glad to be here. And your podcast is great. And thank you for having me. And sure, we meet in the future. Absolutely, we're 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 not, you know, folks. We'll definitely have Nir back on our show without question. Uh, you know, it's just been so enlightening and so many fronts here uh, for both retailers and maybe anybody who's just looking to innovate. Yeah. I think there's just a ton of information here to learn from. Thank you so much, Nir, and uh, we're we're going to be signing off for this episode, and you know, we'll meet you again next week. Uh, we'll see you back, folks. Thank you for our amazing guest, Nir. And next time you're back in the show, Nir, you'll have the mug. Make sure That's you right. send us your mailing address and uh, we'll make sure <laughs> you, we get that mug to you. All right. I have That's a wonderful lovely. day. Looking forward. Have a great day. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary signing off. <laughs>